think so because it's never <laughs> that far gone on american brews and tunes yeah here's a theme song you know it's not a mean song it's a good song just as it should song american brews and tunes oh we're back are we not yet hold on now we're back now we're back i think we were back the first time <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> but it's always nice to have a little surprise or a double back or a, a double a back. comeback, whatever you want to call it. You can call it that as well. A you can comeback. call it whatever the heck you want. Yeah. Uh, welcome back to American Brews and Tunes. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode number seventy-three, <gasps> and like we said last week, we're we're doing a one-off again, as heck per usual, yeah. every other episode. Uh, and like we said last week, we are reviewing the Shin's most recent album, Heartworms. Heartworms. Uh, it's. <laughs> Quite a good album, if I do say so myself. It is, yeah. I am quite fond of it, actually. And this is technically the third Shins album that is being reviewed on this podcast. That's actually a very good point, Steve. The other two have been Port of Morrow. Yes. And, and Shoots uh, Too Narrow. Yes, so we're only missing Australia. Uh, wait. Wincing the Night Away. Wincing the Night Away. And what was their and, first one? And uh, their first one was called... The Onion? No, that's one of the songs. No, Your Onion. <laughs> um, <laughs> what is it called? The other song on there is Oh Inverted Creepy. World. Oh Inverted World, yeah. Yeah, I know everything shins. <laughs> everything shins. Yeah. But before we get uh, to the musical aspect of this podcast, why don't we go ahead and talk about the beer aspect, shall we? I think that that would be half a million dollar idea. I think so too. So now what? <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Uh, what are we having? <laughs> we're having a beer from a brewery that we both like called Against the Grain. They're up in Louisville, Kentucky. Yes. And this beer is called 70K. Oh. For uh, like 70,000, like I guess, you know? Yeah, 70K. Um, it is an imperial stout. Oh, dang. And it's pretty much a amped up version of the 35K. I've had that before. And let me let me just read you a description, shall I? All right, all right. And they're going to say what I just said. This is essentially the 35K recipe doubled. <laughs> double roasty, double chocolatey, double creamy, double delicious. Ooh. Then we decided to make it two and a half times awesome by aging it in, oh, in Angel's Envy barrels. Um, oh, that's kind of funny because right, like, almost whiskey? right across the street is Angel's Envy from their, their uh, brewery tap room. Yeah. Um, by aging it in Angel's Envy barrels for a really, really long time. <laughs> 70,000 days. The bourbon and oak flavors <laughs> perfectly complement the massive flavors of the double mega imperial stout. <laughs> you don't swim is. in this beer. It swims in you. You drown in it. Uh, it's so funny. Is it drown or drowned? You um, drowned in it. He drowned drown. or, or he you... would drown in it. He drowned. Drown. Yeah. You drown in this beer. But it's uh it's a quite a funny looking bottle. All of their artwork is really interesting very... and kind of creepy, but yeah, nice. It's, it's like uh it has a very interesting aesthetic to it. Almost it's looks like, like um what's that one comic? Um I have no idea. Spider Man? 
The Far Side. Oh, The Far Side, yeah. It's like if Far Side was creepier. Yeah, darker. Dark, well, Far Side is kind of dark at some points. But this is. But if this, yeah. if the Far Side was like much creepier and darker, then that's kind of what the artwork looks like. Yeah. And it does of. say on the bottle, "Art and Design" by RobbieDavis.com. RobbieDavis.com. Thank you very out. much for this great artwork. And Robbie is spelled R-O-B-B-Y. Robbie, not, not I-E. Robbie. So let's say that we uh, give this beer a crack and pour in a try. And I wonder if he like he likes ribeyes. Everybody loves ribeyes. <laughs> Dumb question. Except vegetarians and vegans. Well, how do you know they don't like it? They just don't eat it. I'm going to assume that their palate has probably changed. And if they did have one for some reason, they would probably wouldn't like it. They wouldn't like getting sick, potentially. But I mean, I'm assuming a lot here. You are. And you know what they say about assuming? 90% of the time, you're correct. <laughs> and 50% of the other times, you are 30% chance of being incorrect. That's true. <laughs> At least I'm assuming that's true. <laughs> Hopefully you can get some of that glorious porridge pouring sound on the mic. Oh, there's the foam. I was going to say I poured that pretty vigorously and it's, you did. it's not getting it's about, heady. It's about half head. No, scratch that. One third head. Easy does it, Steve. Easy does it. Hello? Who's here? Oh, hello, boys. It's your old friend, Old Man Rust. That's right. I'm still alive. Old Man Rust, I thought we buried you a year ago. No, in the boys. snow. <laughs> in the snow. My goodness. It hardly ever snows down here in Florida. Florida. <laughs> Sorry, Old Man Snow. Anyway, you, wouldn't re- you wouldn't get that reference. Anyway, I just wanted to say good luck on today's poo cast. Old Man Rust, we've told you once, we've told you... Twice. <laughs> it's a podcast. Old man Rust, it's a podcast, you silly old man. Who's Rusty? Oh, what? What? <laughs> All right, old man Rust. We've, <laughs> we've now told you three times, so you can you could just be gone. Third time's a charm. All right, let me just hobble out of here on, on my walker and go to Walmart to pick up my prune juice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, old man Rust, don't forget your denture cream. <laughs> Thanks. That's I would have forgotten. <laughs> okay. See, I got, you. <laughs> see you later, old man Rust. Goodbye, you rusty old guy. <laughs> oh my gosh, he well, needs to go to a nursing home. He needs to something. do something. But anyways, now that this beer's all poured, why don't we uh, why don't we give this a try ski? Well, actually, it. do you want to describe the color at all? What do you what do you think about the color? Um, I have to look at your glass because my glass is one of those that's slightly tinted. Not not tinted like a, a window tinted, but it's, it's tinted like, like a frosted glass. It's like a frosted glass, yeah. So I don't. It's not. Doesn't seem as dark as one of the previous stouts we've had. It doesn't look as dark. Like uh, it still looks fairly dark. What was that one? I, but I not had recently. Dark. That was like super duper dark. The um, um, evil twin maple fake maple bourbon chocolatey. Yeah, the biscotti, one with the really long name. Yeah, whatever that it was called. Yeah, that but this, one. This was, one uh, isn't as dark as that. It doesn't look as heavy. But, but yeah. this one clocks in at 13%. It's going to be heavy. Yeah, it's definitely going to be heavy. The head yeah. is a nice dark tan color, yeah. which you always want to see in a stout. It smells very sweet. At least I always want to see that. It smells chocolatey, roasted. It smells exactly how I would expect it to smell. Definitely. 
It doesn't smell as sweet as those previous ones we've had, but no, it, that it, might be a, a good thing because those I think ones were. It, I think it might be a little bit more focused decadent. on the roastiness and the, the, bourbon. Uh, the bourbon flavor. Yeah, because they cited Angel's Envy, which is a very good uh, bourbon. I'm hoping yeah. that it shines through. <laughs> as we always say on American Brews and Tunes, down the hatch. You know what? It is. Sweeter than I anticipated. Very sweet. Um, I'm waiting to see if it balances out by any of the roasted flavors coming back up, um, like in other previous beers. And it doesn't appear to be getting mm. any more roasty. It is definitely sweet. Very sweet. Ah, it gets no, a little bitter there in the end. You kind of get the booziness at the end. Yeah. It's, it's good, though. You definitely very get the heavy. booziness at the end. It is very heavy. It's mm -hmm. uh, It has a pretty thick mouthfeel. Um... I'm a big fan of the chocolatiness. I'm not getting any type of like, it's not a very strong caramely sweetness. It's more of like a chocolate sweetness. So it kind of has, it kind of plays well with that, with the bourbon and with the maltiness of it. Yeah. Because I remember the previous one, they were more focused on like that caramel sweetness, you know? Yeah. And this one, not so much. Yeah. So this one, um, I, I would probably say that I like, might like this one better just because it's less caramely and more... <laughs> More chocolatey. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you, actually. I think it's a, a fairly good sentiment. It's a fantastic beer. Yeah, it, it's uh, I paid uh, $70,000 for this, so, you know. It better be a fantastic beer. No, I don't think it was that much. So, uh, back to the shins, shall we? Yes. The album is called Heartworms, like we said before. Mm -hmm. It came out in 2017, and it's their fifth studio album. Mm-hmm. Um, like the previous release, uh, Ports of Morrow, the one that I had reviewed uh, a few episodes back on a uh, repeating number episode, um, this album is pretty much just James Mercer instead of The Shins. Yeah, yeah basically. Um, There's, there are a few other instrumentalists who come in, and he has like a touring band. Yeah. But, but he basically wrote everything and played everything the majority and recorded of the everything. Yeah. And before Ports of Morrow, he had pretty much fired like the longtime band members. Yeah, and I think I remember talking about that, and I think whenever we did that episode, we didn't know if it was like uh, mutual. And I think after doing some research, I think it was mutual. Yeah, like he didn't fire him like you're fired. He like you're fired. He it like was creative him. differences. Yeah, it was creative differences, and it was completely mutual. And it said that there was one song that wasn't produced by James Mercer on Heartworms, and it was produced by a previous Shins member. Mm -hmm. So I guess there are some, some. There's it's not all bad blood. Yeah, maybe there's no bad blood. Who knows? I don't think I don't think there's much bad blood. Yeah, but anyways, uh, Heartworms is pretty much just James Mercer. He's pretty much the shins now. Uh, yeah. Nothing wrong with that by any stretch of the imagination. Um, nope. I bought this album uh, a while after it came out, but same year I bought it for Christmas to the to just to have something to listen to on the drive up and back from Pittsburgh, mm -hmm. and I liked it immediately. I, yeah, it, it was uh, catchy off the bat. And my sister bought me this record that same Christmas. Oh, you got the you got the vinyl that Christmas, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah, I just bought the CD for the thanks, car. Grace. <laughs> yes, thanks, Grace, for, for Jesse's sake. Yeah. I <laughs> um, and before we jump in, it's I think worth noting that there is a companion album to this called there The is. Worm's Heart. Yes. That they recorded, I believe, at the after. same. I believe it's at the same time recorded. I think it was after. I think they recorded at the same time, but we'll agree to disagree. And we'll look it up later because um, I, I can't I'll remember. Be right. You might be right. I might be wrong. You might be right. I may be crazy. Um, <laughs> but The Warmest Heart is 
all the songs in reverse order, track listing wise, mm-hmm. and they're all different recordings. Like where one song may be acoustic and vocally driven, it may be turned into like a fast rock song or a song that's um, electronically driven. It would they turn would turn more, it into an organic acoustic band, song. Yeah. yeah. So they they kind of do the reverse uh, aesthetic. Yeah, and it's really it interesting. Yeah. And I, I watched an interview with James Mercer today, and he said that some of the songs on the Worm's Heart they ended up liking better than the original ones. There's maybe one or two that I like better. Mm-hmm. There's some that I really don't care for, but it's it's fun to listen to after listening to the Heartworms quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, it is really interesting to listen to. Yeah. Shall we jump into the tracks? Les. Yes. Oh, did you say let's? I was about to say let's do it, but then I just said let's. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for a, a, an additional <laughs> word to come out after let's, but that thing happened. <laughs> All right, track number one, which is called Name For You. It is my first recommendation. It's such I, a fantastic song. Isn't it? I gave it a rating of two shins. Two shins? Yeah, it's great. Because a human has two shins, so yeah, that's, that's top notch. That's a wonderful state of being. If you, yeah. if you don't have two shins, um, that's a shame. There's nothing wrong with that. I just like having two shins. Yeah. You know. I like having two shins as yeah. well. Nothing wrong with not having two shins, but that's another podcast. Um, <laughs> is it? Yeah, this song is super catchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the chords that come in at the beginning are on the upbeat, almost kind of like a ska but, song, but, but, but not but, really like a ska song. No, not yeah. like a ska it's, song. But it's, like a, the, it's like a James Mercer ska song. Yeah, it's but it's really kind of catchy off the, the beat. Yeah. Um, the verses are super catchy. The chorus is super catchy. It uh, Like I said, the first time I put the CD in, I was like, oh, this is good. I'm yeah, really right? catchy. Yeah, the first, I, think I had the, a very similar experience. I was like... Yes, this is the James Mercer song that I love. Yeah, I mean, and it really is. Um, yeah. James Mercer said that he wrote this song to his daughters. Yes. Uh, I was going to say daughter, but I, I believe he has multiple yeah. daughters now, too. Um, it was kind of to teach them that they didn't have to be what society dictates. Yeah. Uh, more specifically, um, kind of like outdated definitions of what it means to be a woman. Yeah. Um, kind of like what's in, what's in the name of what's like being name? a girl. Yeah, like some of the lyrics that he, t- he says in there, he talks about a... Like they, he says, like they've got a name for you. They've got a name for like all the clothes you wear, like everything that you're supposed to be, just everything in general. And then eventually he comes back to the reprise of what's in a name. What's in a name? Yeah. What's in a name? Like just, just it's just a doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Yeah. Great song though. Great album opener. Yeah. I'd like to see him live so that he can play that. But we've missed him like three times. It's it's our own poor timing and we forgot. It's our own fault. Yeah. It's terrible. All right, moving on to track number two, yes. which is called Painting a Hole. I'm painting a hole. Not that one. That's <laughs> fixing a hole, silly. I gave this a rating of shin splints. Oh, shin splints. Ouch. Ouch. But they're a part of life, you know? Um, <laughs> this song is where the album starts to get weird. I like this song I, a lot. I do, too. I'm, I'm not saying weird is bad. I'm just saying it, it gets not what you expect. It, it yeah. gets off the beaten path. Yep. Um, it has this kind of syncopated, almost Latino-sounding drumby do. But it's a little bit more electronic. He's that la 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 la, and it just it gets odd sounding. It's <laughs> I don't know how to say like describe it other than odd. Yeah. What, what would you say about the sound? Um, it kind of almost has almost like a carnival feel, but not the cliche carnival. But you know how like carnival music just generally kind of sounds strange. Yeah. This kind of has that calliope music, calliope, yes. But I wouldn't call it calliope. But yeah, I, I it's definitely not because it's not specifically carnival. Yeah. But and I don't really know what this song's about. Um, escaping. It pa- seems. It a hole. seems like it's about someone who's 
he's using the metaphor paint a hole like you're painting a hole to try to get into yeah escape. to try to like escape to or whatever yeah. there's a lot of and themes I, of escapism on this album yeah but then times. the hole always disappears basically that it does you always get dragged back to reality and we're going to get dragged to the next song here in a second. Yes. Track number three is called Cherry Hearts. Cherry and Hearts. I, I give us a rating of Shin Guards. They usually help with Shin Splints, maybe, but not always. Um, I think <laughs> I'm that... I'm confused on your rating so far. So I've What's had the two highest? Shins. That's the highest one. Not really. The... These ratings have no merit. I'm just giving them a rating. I'm going against okay. the grain here. Like, this album kind of goes against what you'd expect. And, like, the beer we're drinking. Against the grain, literally. Uh, so, Shin Guards. Um, I think this song gets even weirder than the previous song. Really? I think this one's weirder. Because it's got, like, all these weird electronic things. Like, yeah. just odd sounding. All these texturally random, like, synth parts that kind of come in and out. And... It's it's just odd, but it's so catchy. It, it, I think it's catchier yeah. than the last song. Um, and it, it's hard to tell where he's going. And then he gets to the chorus and he's like, You kissed me once when we were drunk. And that's pretty much it the theme of the song. He's spinning on my heels. Yeah. It's it's all about literally kissing a girl when she's drunk. And then you develop feelings. It, it uh, makes your head spin and your head gets knocked off and rolls out the door. Yeah. I think he says that at one point in time. And she yeah. does not feel the same. Yeah. Um, so he's kind of not happy he, about that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's uh, unreciprocated. I can imagine you know? not being happy about something like that. Yeah. Such a catchy. It's so weird, but it's so catchy. I love it. I do too. Um, you have anything else to say about that one? Mm. All right. Let's move on to track number four, which is called Fantasy Island. I Fantasy gave this a rating Island. of Shinbone. Shinbone. Yeah. Just the bone itself. Not the anything else relating to it. Just the bone. Mm. A disembodied bone. Okay. Interesting to look at. <laughs> um, this song I think is also weird. <laughs> Nothing again. It's just weird as the just the the theme of these like tracks three through four. I think. I mean, a lot of the songs do are more a little bit more experimental. Um, yeah, that's the a, way they a good way uh, to say it. The instrumentation. Yeah, and this um, one is very synthy, very dreamlike. Mm-hmm. Uh, texturally and atmospherically, it's very spacey. Um, and I think that's obviously the fits the theme of the song. Um, it's it's uh, about him being young uh, and being alone and wanting to go elsewhere, like a fantasy island, island. to escape. Yeah. Um, just a really good song. It's catchy, but really it does mm-hmm. make you feel like you're in a dream. If you, just li- if you don't listen to the words, it's just kind of like yeah. you're floating along almost. Mm. Catchy song, though. A very, very catchy song. I quite enjoy that one. We'll move on to a track that I think is probably your favorite on the album, if I had to guess. Okay. Track number five is called Mildenhall. Mildenhall, definitely one of my favorites. Knew it. I gave this a rating of Shingles. Shingles? <laughs> Shingles. You got is them on the roof. roof. It's a disease. Roof, you know? <laughs> you know? Whatever you want it to be. You're really staying true to these ratings to have absolutely no merit at all. Yeah. I just really am trying to... <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I think this song kind of continues the theme from the last song of like wanting yeah. to be in that headspace of escapism. Yeah. Um, and do you want to talk about this song? Because I know you're, you. This is one of your favorites, so I'll let you. Well, it's uh, it's all about 
It's a story. He, he basically tells a story, like recounts his childhood. Yeah. Very autobiographical. Yeah, it's very autobiographical. Um, and it talks about... On Port of Mara, did he talk about moving back to the States? Yeah. All right. So this is before that, right? I think so, yeah. Okay. I think he... I think he lived in the UK for a little bit. Is that mm-hmm. where this? Uh, this one's in Lo- in uh, England, in the UK, yeah. Because yeah. his dad, his dad was in the military. Um, so the first line he says, "At 15, we had to leave the states again." Dad was stationed at an RAF base they called Mildenhall. Yeah. RAF is Royal Air Force. Yes, and so basically, he talks about how he found kind of uh, solace in music. Heard, um, heard through his a, a through tape. his childhood, like the awkwardness of being somewhere where you're not comfortable and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And he says how like a kid passed him a tape in class, mm-hmm. and then they saw some bands down at what I assume is a is a venue, the Corn Exchange. Yeah, probably. I would assume that's a venue. Um, but basically, it seems almost like an origin story. Yeah, almost because he, he picks up a guitar, learns some chords. Yeah, it says that his dad taught him some chords, and then he says that's how, and that's how we get to where we are now. Yeah, so that uh, just kind of so fuels kind of a cool his whole trajectory. Yeah, but I also just love the the music. Yeah, it's, in the song, it's probably the most stripped back song on the album. Very very stripped back. And there's there are other elements going on, but it's mainly acoustic and vocally driven. And yeah, and in terms of the vocals, it seems like this is like a classic James Mercer vocal, except without all like the high notes. Yeah. It's a very low in his register. Yeah. It's low in his register and, but it is still like as diverse melodically as his melodies normally are. Agreed. It's a very good song. Which is a nice, nice change of pace to put like right in the middle of the album. It definitely is. Um, but let's move on to, uh, a a very different sounding song. Shall we? Yes. Track number six is called rubber balls spelled with a Z B A L L Z. And I gave this a rating of, Shin Cognito. Oh my gosh, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> they, get, they get worse and worse. Okay. I put the ones that made more sense at the beginning. Um, like two shins? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a thing. Shin Cognito is just a terrible pun. It's just... <laughs> um, this song's about him debating this girl that he's kind of with. Yeah. Um, like the, the hook, and it's such a catchy hook. Mm-hmm. Um, and the words change from chorus to chorus, but the first one is, And I just... Can't get her out of my bed. Should have gone with her sister instead. And it's so catchy. It's just like that the vocal melody, him going like up and like hitting that top note and coming back. Can't get her out of my head. Yeah. And then it's just it, the catchiness is the best part of it. But he really debates like whether this is a bad thing or a good thing. I think he kind of t- yeah. changes his mind a little in the well, song. I think, well, I think a lot of some a lot of uh, some of these songs, the themes of anxiety come back. Yeah. He and one of the later songs, we'll see that theme come back big time. So maybe it's kind of like and has that has a thread through this song as well. A lot of his music is about his internal debates. Yeah, and like struggles and flip flopping kind of. Yeah, so like I think one of the lines in this song, he says like. I should have gone with her sister instead. Yeah. I feel like he's like, man, should I really be with this girl? Like, yeah. I should have gone with someone else. What it's do like I do? Trying and then, to think of a good reason to leave. And then at the bridge, he goes into saying, wait, she's all right. She just <laughs> wants the benefits of a modern love life. Yeah. And so he's like trying to convince himself that it's okay. And mm-hmm. then at the end of the song, he says that, nah, I'm going to, it's not going to work out. My favorite line in the song is when he says so much for Simon's 50 ways. Yeah, which is, is a reference about? to Paul Simon's song 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover." Oh, um, and that's just about the back, Jack. 
make a new plan, Stan. Mm. Hop off the bus, Gus. And it's talking about how to leave a girl that you don't, don't yeah, want to. Yeah, yeah. So he's so talking funny. about how he can't really do that. So much for Simon's face. It's, 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 so it's not him, really. Um, but great song. Um, moving on to track number seven, which is called Half a Million. Oh, yeah. I gave this a rating of Sit and Shin. Based off of everyone's favorite kid toy, the Sit and Spin. <laughs> 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 They're going to get worse, I tell you. Um, this one sounds, I think, <laughs> more so like a Shin's sounding song. Yeah, this one definitely is, and it's one. Of, it's definitely one of my favorites on the album. More straightforward, I would say. Yeah. Um, it's very, very catchy, um, and I think that this again is about him, like thinking and pondering about life and life's inconsistencies and his own inconsistencies again. Because um, yeah. like, there's half a million things that I'm supposed to be, and he's like trying to like figure out like what am I supposed to be? They say one thing, I think one thing, uh, I think a million things. I don't know what I'm supposed to be. Um, but when he gets to those points where it's too much, what does he do? He grabs his guitar. He grabs his guitar and writes about it. Yeah. Uh, and it reminds me of that Rancid song. But the music, I've always got a... What I got, when, I, when the music hits me, I got a place to go. Yeah. So it's a little meta again here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's, uh, it's classic insight to James Mercer. Um, yeah. I, I really like this song. Um, Is that I, I, I really liked it before today. But then today I actually looked at all the lyrics and it made me like it even more. <laughs> no, I agree. I think there's a lot of good lyrics because, in here. Yeah, like he goes like the first two verses, he's like talking about how he's basically going to like be a better person or like he keeps making promises to himself about what he's going to be, but then he just keeps falling into the same mm-hmm. into the same uh, mistakes. When we talks about uh I'm going to get better, but then I drink a lot. I, I took a pledge to grow up then drank enough to make me throw yeah, up. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. That's a good line. Um, uh, very but, very good song though. But yeah, it's it's just a fantastic song, and just the idea of having that escape into music is is pretty great. I guess I should mention that's my honorable mention. <laughs> oh really? I'll mention it. Um, I'll mention it, but I've mentioned it already, and we'll move on to track number <laughs> eight, which is called "Dead Alive," and it's my next recommendation. Dead Alive. Now this song is also kind of a strange sounding one, Steve. Don't you want to know my rec- my rating? <laughs> okay. Shin. I a twain. <laughs> That's so stupid. That'd get worse. I think That'd I was. I was actually proud of this one though. Uh, if you want to see how I spell it, you should have seen his face whenever you said, "Do you want to see my rating?" See how I spell it right there. He perked up like a little dog. I spelled it phonetically. Shin I a twain. <laughs> like eyeball. Shin e y e a h t w a i n. Shin I a twain. Shin I a twain. Feels good to be a woman, you know. Feels good to be the king. Um, anyways, Dead Alive. Um, this is another weird sounding song, I'd say. Kind of like different than what you'd expect from the classic Shins. This song is based on the movie Dead Alive. Is it really? No. <laughs> oh, I was just going to... I mean, there's... If you're looking at the Lyric Genius page, they definitely reference zombies in the chorus. Yeah, but I don't know if that's really... Maybe, maybe not. I, I, didn't, I didn't make that connection I when I was reading the lyrics. Is. No, I don't think so. Um, but this has a, like a bit of a swing beat to it. And it's almost like a, a old-timey dance. Mm. And it sounds old-timey. Yeah. Um, and I had a hard time kind of trying to figure out what it's about. Um, yeah, I mean... But Lyric Genius kind of said, without getting into the zombie stuff, they kind of talked about how it's about nostalgia and how that's a bad representation of people because it's going to taint your memories mm. sometimes. Yeah, like, I mean, the chorus doesn't really give no. you much insight into what the song is about. The chorus is... So tonight... So tonight 
dance and cry the day life bum 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 yep so tonight, dance and cry, the dead alive, and that's that's all. It the the verse is okay. It's just such a catchy song, very good. I can imagine it's being played on a harpsichord. Hmm, I, that's yeah. what it could sound like. Um, Figments of imagination is what they repeat at the end of the song. Uh, yeah, fil- filaments. Filaments? Is it figments or filaments? Figments. Figments. Anyways, um, should we move on? Yeah. Let's move on to the title track, which is track number nine, of course. Heartworms. Heartworms. I gave this the Shin D City. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it took me a little bit to understand your pun there. Chicago style. The um, Windy City. This is kind of another dancey one, but not like a club beat dancey. Just kind of like a, like you're, I don't want to say slow dancing with a girl, but kind of dancing with a girl. Yeah. And like an old style kind of traditional. I don't, it's hard to describe like the tempo. Um but I think this song, again, is about loving a girl who doesn't reciprocate. <laughs> the chorus is so catchy. Oh, so yeah. what can I do? Everything I did. What can I do? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's literally talking about like how he wants her to like look at him the same way. And yeah, uh, there's one line about a postcard that she sent him from, from Thailand. Thailand. And he, he's like, oh, she sent me this postcard from Thailand. All the words written in your pretty hand, the little lines, little curves that held a sacred meaning. Or so I thought, but I had it wrong. Yeah, and she was just saying I him had a, it wrong. She was just saying him a postcard as a friend. Yep. Yeah. I really like the line. You're the saddest dream that ever came true. Mm. I like that line the best in that song. Because mm. that's, that's a good line. Yeah. It's a, just, that one kind of makes you like, oh. Like, oh, James. <laughs> Poor James. James. Um, but that kind of fits the narrative of the album. Mm-hmm. Anything else to say or do you want to move on? Let's move on. Right. Track so number now 10. what should we do? <laughs> we should review the, the last <laughs> second to last song. So now what? <laughs> um, it's my last recommendation. Yeah, I know you really like this song. Yeah, I gave us a rating of Shint Condition. Mint condition? Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. I told you they get worse and worse. That's not even a good one. That's I'm not really proud bad. of that one. This is my favorite song on the album, and I'm I gave it the worst sounding one. one. I'm not. That's not a good one. Uh, but this is probably my favorite song on the album. It was my favorite after the first time I listened to it. Yeah. Solely based on the, the vocal dude. melody of the chorus. I had this crazy idea. It's just the whole chorus is just so good. It's the yeah. Mm, the, mm, moment, moment on me. the album for you. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just it's really really good. Um, I think this song is about him examining his longtime relationship. I'm assuming with his wife. Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure. Um, and he's kind of realizing that like things didn't go as he planned. Like maybe he's trying to follow his dreams. Um, that kind of it's it's hard to tell specifically what he's referencing, but he's definitely. I don't want to say critiquing, but more examining his long-term relationship. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I like the line he says, well, you still think I'm strong if I admit that I was wrong. Yeah. Um, and, and whatever it is that he's referencing, who knows? Yeah. Um, but really, really good song. So catchy. If you listen to one song on this album, I would say listen to this one. I would say a different song. I don't know. You didn't recommend anything, so how would, the, how would anyone know? I said what my favorite ones were. Um, did you know that this song was originally written for a movie? I believe it was written for a... Oh, what's the heck's that guy from Scrubs? Zach Braff. Zach Braff. He's a big Shins fan, right? Yeah, because... Well, I learned this on Lyric Genius today. Uh, the Shins... What kind of propelled the Shins into 
uh, celebrity or to popularity was the appearance of their song New Slang in... Uh, the Garden State. Yeah, in the Garden State. <laughs> in the movie The Garden State, yeah. I didn't right, even Steve. know that, and I went ahead and referenced it because I knew Zach Braff and... Um, the other movie from, from that Zach Braff did? I have never seen The Garden State. Neither have I. But the soundtrack is so like revered by critics and like music lovers. Really? Yeah, and, and I... I don't know specifically what's on it, but I know people love that soundtrack for... New Slang is on it by the Shins. It's a good song. Gold teeth and a crisp from the town. It's about all the slang. No, all the new slang. Oh, Yen's gone downtown and that get some iron city for them Steelers. Watch out for them jag-offs on the road. Don't fall in a jagger bush. Right up the room. <laughs> slang. And it's n- that's not new. But that's, whatever. That's pretty old slang. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you want to move on to the final track? Yeah. Track number 11 is called The Fear. The Fear. This is the song about anxiety. About yes. his own anxiety. And it's it got a rating of Shinny Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Save the worst for last. I actually almost used the mic to... To forehead palm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like people Sorry. It because it was so bad. Yeah, this one's if about... You don't, if you don't understand what that was, he was saying, he was Shiny saying, Pokemon. Playing a reference on shiny Pokemon, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Except he said shiny Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's the worst one. Said, uh, you could have just said um, Hitmonlee to reference mm. hit the kicking Pokemon who kicks with his shins. Nah. It doesn't say shin. <laughs> has to say shin, shin somewhere. Nah. <laughs> I don't know if there's any Pokemon. There's probably some Pokemon that would fit, but I can't think of it right now. Mm, I um, can't either. Yeah, you're right. The song's about anxiety. He's talking about fear. I think fear of like following your dreams or doing what you want to do, um, yeah. pursuing something, whether it's it, it can be whatever you you want to want to attribute the to. fear of the fear of not taking a chance, the fear of it, taking not taking a, a chance. chance on anything, having that crippling anxiety to, pre- yeah. to prevent you. Um, and like when you think about that fear, you think of like. I would think of like sad music and mm-hmm. musically this isn't sad. Um, I would almost call this like hotel lobby music hmm. or like elevator music. It's got that like yeah, it's islandy like kind of slow, not islandy, it but doesn't, it doesn't have, I, I know what you're um, talking about. It doesn't have like a clear direction of where like the music is going. Yeah. It's, you know what I mean? It doesn't have the flowing vocal melodies of the previous track. Yeah, because like it just kind of starts off and then all of a sudden James Mercer just starts singing. Yeah. Like it's not like, all right, this is where the first verse is going to begin. Bang. There it is. He just kind of starts singing. He does. Within this like wave of or weird landscape or soundscape of music. Soundscape. Yeah. But great right. album. Um, Overall, yeah. Just a, an absolutely fantastic album. You have anything uh, else to say about it or... Um, just that everybody should listen to it. I agree. Because it's dope. It is super dope. And because James Mercer is possibly one of the best songwriters in the entire universe. Uh, it's an overstatement, I'd say. But he's a gem. <laughs> but he's a gem. Yeah. All right. So looking forward towards next week, um, we're going to return to our regularly formatted episodes. I'm going to review an album for Jesse. He'll do the same for me. And we will review two separate beers. Yes, we will. You heard it here. You heard it first. Regular episode next, next week. week. Episode um, 74. I'm going to recommend an album that I you might know some of the things from it. I'm not entirely sure. I'm sure you've heard it from me before. Okay. Um, it's by a Canadian punk rock band, oh. formerly ska punk band, called The Flatliners. And oh, the album is called Inviting Light. 
It's their most recent album. Light. Most recent? Yes. And I okay. think it's... You showed me one of the songs off there. I think it's perhaps their best. Okay. Uh, I fell in love with their ska punk origins, and then they kind of moved away from that and moved a little bit more toward the, the rocky music. Uh, and it's just oh, so good. And for you, I'll be recommending an album by the singer-songwriter Andrew Bird. B-I-R-D, not B-Y-R-D. Oh. And the album is Armchair Apocrypha. Huh? Is that how you say that word? Oh, Jesse's showing you right now, and it's literally armchair and then some weird word that's A-P-O. Apocrypha. 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 Armchair apocrypha. Whatever that means. Who knows what apocrypha means? One word. Who knows? I'm sure it means something, but we don't know. I'm sure it means something very deep and profound. <laughs> yeah. Andrew Bird. Uh, but anyways, anything else to say about the beer? Uh, did it change? Is it warmed up? I think it did. The booziness kind of went down a little bit. I think the bitterness came through a little bit more and the sweetness died down. Uh, well, I guess the booziness would probably push that forward. The booziness died down slightly for me. You think? Let me let me take one more sip. Just slightly. I don't, I don't have as much of a warm aftertaste. You know, I that I did as I did at the beginning of this episode. In all honesty, I think the booziness increased. Really? Yeah. Are we drinking different beers? I I'm one hundred percent certain we are not. I, I don't think it's as sweet now, or maybe I've acclimated to the sweetness. I don't know. Um, but it, I think it's gotten better actually. It is. It's mellowed out yeah. quite nicely. Um, shall we finish this and sign off for the week? Yeah, let's do it. Thanks for listening, guys. You can always reach us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Yep. Um, check out our, our website at brewsandtunespodcast.com or send us an email at americanbrewsandtunes at gmail.com. Yeah, and if you ever want to recommend an album for us to listen to for a one-off, feel free. Yeah, we, we will literally listen to anything that you send to us. Yes. We'll listen to Kids Bop. Kids we'll listen to uh, satanic death metal. Yeah, why not? We'll listen to country, bro rock, anything. Literally anything. Even if we hate it, we'll be nice about it. <laughs> we'll we'll say we hate it in the nicest possible way. Yeah. Um, as we finish these beers, let us say our regular cheer that we always say on American Brews and Tunes. Down the hatch. Once again, my name is Stephen Johnston. Got a little stuck in my throat there. And my name is Jesse Titus. (laughs) And this is American Brews and Tunes! (laughs) Here's a theme song, you know it's not a mean song. It's a good song, just as it should song. American Brews and Tunes. Shibbity-beeby-day!